Wow, this feels a little awkward being up here this Sunday. It's been a while. Amen. Praise God. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that even though we have uh, a short period of time, Father, I thank you that you have a word that you want to share with us today. And Father, I just pray that God, uh, you have even prepared us through worship, and uh, I just pray, God, that you would uh, just bless our time in the Word today. May it truly, truly, God, bring revelation and change to our hearts. Father, we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. And if you are in agreement with me, say amen. 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 Well, today I would like to, I I really had uh, planned on sharing on friendship today, and I was planning on sharing, oh yeah, you guys can be released, sorry about that. Flip 180 and youth, you guys can go. And the evacuation. But as I was saying, I, I really had planned on sharing on friendship and some things that the Lord had been doing on my heart uh, in that area. But uh, yesterday, I spent the whole day changing some things. So we're going to go with that. How's that sound? And I'm going to follow up with uh, where Lynn was at. The last three times he was here, he was talking on love and uh, being perfected in love. And how many want to be perfected in love? How many else want to be perfected in love? All right, good. Well, so do I, and I realize that I'm not perfected yet in love. Anybody else? But I want to to share some of the statements that Lynn made, and then I'm going to bounce off of that and kind of go in a place that the Lord has really, really been working on me over the last several weeks. These are some of the statements that Lynn made in his messages. He said, Perfect, perfected love is where we are going. Perfected love is where we are going as a church. Giving God a little more, and I like some of the examples that he used uh, as far as that, you know, where we're at and where we're going to be, we're not there, but we have to continue to give God a little more of us in this progression. It's a progression. But we're, we're, we're perfect, perfected love is where we're going. A mature love that loves without condition. That was one of the comments. A pure love that loves without condition. We don't see that very often in our culture, do we? Everybody has strings attached, right? Yep. We must make a shift from seeing people after the flesh and to see them after the spirit, the way God sees them. They are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. He also said, can we in the grace of God ask God to open our eyes so we can see people, not after the flesh, but as God sees them, and then minister to them as God ministers to them. He said, we need to go beyond the junk you see with your eyes. The junk that you see with your eyes. You guys see some junk in me, and you probably, we all see junk in each other, right? We see junks in our family. We see junks in people all the time, right? He said, we got to go beyond the junk you see with your eyes and see people as supernatural. Call the goodness out of people. Don't look at what you see and hear out of them. You've got to look further. Faith. you got to look through the eyes of faith. Not seeing with your natural eyes, but going beyond what is natural and seeing what is supernatural. Can I have an amen on that? So I want to become a student of the heart of God is what I want to become. Anybody else? 
I want to become a student of the heart of God. I want to see what God sees. I want to hear what God hears. I want to do what God does. And I want to become famous for love. That when I die, and you read my obituary in the Courier Times, Eric Haler went to be with the Lord on this date. Hope it's a long way down the road. Got a lot of work to do. Famous for love. He loved his family. He loved his friends. He loved his church family. He loved strangers. He took in people. He loved the unlovable. He loved the needy. He loved the suckers. The blood suckers, that is. He loved well. I want to be famous for love. Anybody else? And boy, the process of loving well is a process that I'm growing in, and I know you guys are growing in as well. And God has called us to grow up, amen? But my question is, is how in the world do we get there? <laughs> Even in 1 Corinthians 14.1, it says, though I don't misquote it, it says, follow the way of love. Lynn uh, we, we went over 1 Corinthians 13 and we began to talk about the 15 attributes of God because God is love. And I think we are, go ahead and fill us if you will put, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians 13, 1. But we're going to read that and we're going to start talking about if we're going to be famous for love, how are we going to get there? How are we going to pursue love? And this is the scripture that we read. And really, if you, is it possible, Phyllis, to go one verse before that into 12, the last verse in 12? It's even good, too. He says, wait just a second. Of course, I could pull it up on my, I should have probably had that prepared. Didn't know I was going to go there. See if we can beat them. You guys want to see if we can beat them? Come on, iPad, hurry. Hurry, iPad, hurry. Okay, you beat me. But eagerly desire the greater gifts. And now I will show you the most excellent way. Everybody say that. And now I will show you the most excellent way. And then he goes into 1 Corinthians 13, this most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Everybody say nothing. nothing. If I give away all I have, all the money, all my possessions, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. And then we go into the 15 attributes. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Click. Click. <laughs> Keep going. 
It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Ooh, that's where Lynn stopped. Remember when stop, he stopped on the anger part? It keeps no record of wrongs. Ooh, that is, everybody say that one. It keeps no record of wrongs. How big is my wrong bucket with you that I've wronged? Oh, there's a lot of wrongs. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Anybody glad that Jesus is not keeping a tally on yours? Anybody glad Jesus is not keeping a tally? So why do we keep a tally on everybody else's? Love keeps no record of wrongs. We can remember everything the husband has done, right? We keep all records of wrongs. Okay, keep going, Phyllis, if you don't mind. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never, ever fails. Can I have an amen on that? So here's my question. You know, as we've been going through this journey, and I know I've heard the comments, are we ever going to get away from this growing up and hand grenades and all this kind of stuff? You know, love is a hand grenade. Amen. You know, one of the things Tom said to me not too long ago, and, and it really helped me because when I was, this prophetic word that Denny Kramer had shared over me where my leadership style was going to change and I was going to become more confrontational and I was going to take baby bottles away. I know you've heard this over and over and it's like a worn out record. I realize it, but you know, it's, it's rough trying to obey God and being obedient in that area. And I really had seen that, you know, well, hand grenades saying, I'm going to, you know, you're going to blow people up, you know, but no, really what it boils down to is I'm giving you an offensive weapon. I'm changing it from a baby bottle, and I've got to hand you these weapons, these hand grenades, flak jackets, and, and machine guns, and I've got to hand you something else rather than a baby bottle. Amen. You follow what I'm saying? And today's message is that. I'm giving you a key to the kingdom. I'm giving you something. Love is very powerful. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. And you need to quit loving like a baby. And, move, and we need to move into maturity, become the army of God, and begin to love differently. Amen? And so my question to you today is, how are you maturing in your love? How are you? How is Eric? I'm working hard at maturing in my love. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to become more like God in my love. But how are you maturing in your love? So today I want to engage your will. I want to go towards your will. I'm going to tell you what I want to happen today before we ever get there. I want to engage your will in you making a choice to be a different person in love by the end of this year. Just a few months away. I want to begin to engage your will and, and, and you making choices of what you will do today to make a choice to grow in love. Because one thing that I'm realizing is... I can talk about people changing. I can talk about me and all of us changing and growing. But you have to make a choice to grow. You have to make a choice personally, yourself. And you have to engage your will to say, yes, Lord, I am going to grow. I'm going to do things differently than I've always done them. Amen? Because the will, your will is this. Your will is the power of choosing one's own actions. You have the power to love or not love. Love is a choice. And you can choose to love or you can choose to not love. What I find is most people just choose not to love. Yeah. 
It's too hard. It's too difficult. I got an amen from the second row. Let the little children come and listen. The power of choosing your own actions. Now, what I wanted to do, and he's in the sound booth, but I wanted to bring Alger up here, or a Connie. Now, let me, let me ask you, how easy is it to love Alger and Connie? Is anybody struggling in loving those two? My wife, she is really easy to love. I don't know if you know her, but she is really easy to love. And here's what we don't realize. When we're asking to mature in our love, we're actually asking not for Alger and Connie's to show up in our life. We're actually asking for difficult people to show up into our life. Now let me ask, how many is willing to grow in their maturing love? Because what I found is I don't grow in an environment of easiness. I always want to go to that which is easy, that which is not difficult, that which is not hard. That's my human nature. I mean, who wants to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning? It's not easy, is it, Ashley? No, it's not, is it, Ashley? <laughs> she hates it. But we would rather sleep in until 8 or 9 or 10. Anybody with me? For some reason, after so many years, my body just will not sleep in that long. It has a clock. It has a clock. So here's my, my thought for you today. <laughs> Where we grow in love is right here in our families at our work, it's with difficult people. And here's the thing. Over the last several weeks, I have had people talking to me, asking me, what does love look like in this? And they're having difficulties in their marriages. They're having difficulties in their teenagers. They're having difficulty in people at work. They're having difficulty with their moms and dads. They're having difficulty with siblings. They're having difficulty, difficulty, difficulty in relationships. Everyone in this church has difficulty in some type of relationship. There is no one absent from that, is there? Don't get too loud up there, Sean, by saying amen. And that's right where God wants us. When people come to me and complain about somebody in the church, I say, good, this is awesome. That means we're growing. So now what does love look like? Now that you're honked off at this person, or this person did you wrong, or this person didn't follow through, or this person didn't do this, or whatever, you know. So we're going to go there today. You guys ready for that? Because in this, as I've talked and I've seen, I was even talking to a pastor this week, and he was talking about his trustees. <laughs> he goes, oh, you mean, Eric, I've got to even love the trustees at my church? Because they were going through difficult times, you know? They're the ones that make the decisions. And things were going very rough. And I said, yep, you could even love, love them. Because here's what I find in the families with husbands and wives, children and parents, and extended family. What we want to do is we want to walk away and quit. When the marriage gets rough and the husband and wife are battling, what is it? It's, it's the, I want to quit. I just want to leave. I want to get away from it. 
I'm just tired of it. With teenagers, it's like you're, they'll, wear, they'll wear you out. Oh, it's like I just don't even deal with it. And so many parents don't. They don't deal with it. They just walk away from it and leave it undone. Because it's so much easier to walk away. In the church, it's so much easier. We, we have pews full of people that have left. Fuel. I mean, we have a lot of open seats because people have left. And it's so much easier to leave. It's so much easier to leave than to walk in love. It's so easier to point the finger and blame and say, I just don't want to put up with you anymore. But that's the very thing that perfects love. Because what is it to love Alger and Connie when they're so easy? Anybody can do that. The people in the world can do that. But what the people in the world cannot do is love like Jesus. Because they don't have Jesus here. And the body of Christ has to be loving well. And we're not loving well. And that's okay. Because we're going to learn. We're going to grow in love. Can I have an amen on that? So I ask you again, how are you maturing in your love? Because what you're probably doing is you're probably avoiding difficult relationships. And I want to pull you back into difficult relationships. And I want to say, that's right where you need to be. That's right where you need to stay. Can I have an amen on that? Now, that's painful. Oh, this is going to be a great message. Everybody go, oh, man, I can't wait to see where it goes with this, right? <laughs> Trust me, I've been one of those difficult people before. And I've discipled many people this week in relation to relational difficulties. And what love choice needs to be made in a difficult relationship? People have asked me, well, what do I need to do? What does love look like? And so I'm going to take you on a journey today. And I believe God's going to speak powerfully to our hearts. Because here's what I found is many people have not known what love looks like in difficult relationships. What do I do? What does love look like? Do I need to beat them? <laughs> do I need to let them off the hook? What does love look like? And so I'm hoping that I can bring some application to that. I think Lynn did a really good job a couple weeks ago of showing us a, a small application that he had with a coach's wife. You guys, if you weren't here, Lynn wanted to blow up at a coach's wife, did a little bit, but quickly repented, and quickly he got back to where he should be. And he gave us some, but I'm hoping to go further with that application and uh, help us because most people what I find is what we do is we follow our, our most natural basic instincts. And God's wanting us to follow something differently. Okay? So, where are we going to go here? So, what I've got is an object lesson. We're going to conceptualize something. Can everybody read that? And this is really basic, elementary. It's an object lesson. Okay. And I shared this with several people this week. We have two buckets. Lynn called it a reservoir. And he said when he was in his test and his anger rose up and he said, Jesse, what about the guy that should have blocked? Or whatever it was he should have said. He drew from this flesh bucket and he blurted out with his anger and the Holy Spirit convicted him and he quickly went to this bucket and repented and went to the coach's wife and said, I apologize, right? 
And so what I'm trying to do is I want to begin to conceptualize, begin for you guys to see that we have two buckets, and most of the time what we're doing is we're spending all of our time in this bucket. This is where most of you and I, we want to fill this bucket. Now this bucket, I even used it for a reason, it is rat poisoning. It's what I throw in my crawl space during winter. And the flesh bucket is toxic. Can I have an amen on that? It is toxic to our relationships. But here's what happens is we, we draw from that son of a gun way too much. Can I have an amen on that? And so um, here's what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the flesh bucket and we're going to talk about the spirit bucket or the love bucket. Everybody say love bucket. Love. We're going to talk about that today. Now this here. This bucket right here is your basic human instincts. This is what is easy. This is what comes. This is the quitting bucket. This is the non-persevering bucket. This is the anger bucket. This is the jealousy bucket. This is the, the unfaithful bucket. This is the bucket why so many seats are not filled in this church bucket. Because this bucket, we're not loving well. And this is the bucket that most people are seeing. This bucket, the spirit bucket, I also want to call it the love bucket. This bucket, when I draw from it, it actually tastes really good. And actually, my relationships get healthy. Okay? I'm going to, we're going to show a video. Phyllis is going to show a video. And we're going to talk about, we're going to show... We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna show you a video of a guy that drew from this bucket instead of drawing from this bucket, okay? This is a real good video. You guys ready for this? Let it roll. Hey, Sahib. Kind of small, isn't he? Going to look a lot smaller in a second, Georgie. You got five bucks, says he doesn't.
were you thinking? He fouled me. What am I supposed to do? Let him get away with that? Well, yeah. When he's 40 to 1. He almost put me in the rail. Well, did he? Look, we had a plan. He fouled me, Tom. What am I supposed to do? He cut me off. Son, what are you so mad at? I hear a lot of hmm. That goes on every day in American families. Which bucket did he draw from? I was playing basketball last week at the YMCA, and there were several Christians playing. And um, one of the uh, Christian men got fouled, just like this guy got fouled. And what came out of his mouth was something of that sorts right there. And he said, "If you guys are going to go call foul, I'm going to start fouling all you guys." Oh, I didn't foul you. Oh, yeah, you did. And so the game got rougher. They all started pushing and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, where is the scripture that says, don't return evil for evil, but, but conquer evil with good? And it's amazing. I, I, I play basketball, and it's amazing how many guys in, on, in there are Christians, and it's like they're... It's like, do you lose your faith when you play basketball? Are you not going to, I mean, I don't care if I, if I got fouled, I got fouled. I'll just say, hey, I got fouled, and I'll call the foul. And if somebody gets upset about it, I'll say, well, okay, well, let's keep playing. <laughs> it's not the end of the world, <laughs> you know. But I didn't say anything to the brother by any stretch, and by the end of the game, he got mad and just took off and pouted. And I thought, wow, that's a really good testimony. And then the guys start talking about him afterwards. As he's, they start talking, man, what got into his crawl? <coughs> and I'm sitting here going, he just was operating in his flesh. Just like you guys do, and just like I do at times, we draw from the wrong bucket. And I said, I don't know what happened this morning when he got out of bed, and maybe it's just an issue where he needs justice, but ultimately he's drawing from this bucket. And I told the guys, I said, you know, there's sometimes I draw from that thing too. And I said, let's just give him some grace and love him. <laughs> oh, that's a thought. <laughs> and we started practicing. What I find is we draw from that bucket over and over and over. And I want to pull up a scripture. I, went to, I should have went to the scripture first, but we're going to go to the scripture in Galatians. And Galatians tells us specifically what we're to do and how we're to do it. You guys ready for this? You guys want some help, right? Because I don't know about you. I get really sick of that bucket. Because that bucket produces so much death in my relationships and that one produces so much life. And they'll know that we're his disciples by that bucket. Okay, let's go, if you can, Phyllis, to uh, Galatians 5.16. If you've got your Bibles, 
or electronic Bibles, whichever one you got, Galatians 5.16. And Paul is talking here, and there was a lot going on. I will set the stage a little bit. Uh, th this was uh, the church in Asia Minor. Uh, this book was written around 50 A.D., and um, Paul was a little concerned because um, some people were starting to preach a different gospel, and they were trying to get the, the new Gentile believers who had gotten born again, they were trying to get these Gentiles to start being circumcised and to start getting back under the law. And Paul comes to correct it. And he, then he says, and he talks about it, he said, but I say... And, and oh, I better get on my, my thing here. Yeah, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not, everybody say, not gratify the desires of the flesh bucket. If you walk by the Spirit or love, you will not gratify the desires of my flesh. The desires of my flesh with the guy who got fouled, I'm right, you're wrong, I want demand justice. But the Spirit says something that is contrary to that. It says, but I say, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. To keep you from doing the things you want to do. I want to love. <laughs> I want to love. Anybody else want to love? But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And now the works of the flesh, they are very evident. The works of the flesh are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, Rivalries, dissensions, divisions. Somebody said, oh man, there's a lot of division in the church. You're not kidding, there is. Yeah, yeah there is. Absolutely. I'm not disagreeing with that. And it's a work of the flesh. Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. God, wow. Does that bother anybody? Those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, living like this or struggling with that is two different things. Living a lifestyle where you're constantly in the flesh and the flesh bucket, will not, you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. If you're not drawing from this bucket... There is destruction at your back door. Can I have an amen on that? So my question is, what bucket are you drawing from in your relationships? The Spirit of God moved this morning, and he says, I want to break chains in marriages and in relationships. He already set the stage. Can I have an amen on that? I want to engage your will because here's what's going to happen. You're going to have to engage your will to make some choices that this bucket has been being used way too much, and we've got to get to this bucket. We've got to live by the Spirit and not the flesh. We've got to quit gratifying that bucket and start filling ourselves up with that bucket. 
Turn with me to Romans 12, 11 through 12, 21. The jockey on the horse he drew from the flesh bucket. The guy on the basketball court drew from the flesh bucket. Bucket? What's up, bucket? That's Romans 12, 11. Yeah, so do I. Go ahead and keep going on that. I may have. Wow. That's a little different than the one I got. Maybe God wants us to read that. Keep going. <laughs> Be constant in prayer. Huh, I might have wrote the wrong scripture down. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Is there more to it? Contribute to the needs of the saints and see, seek to show hospitality. Man, this is not where I was going. Bless those who, yeah, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Everybody say lowly. Never be conceited. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. That's where I was wanting to go. I just went a little further than what I thought. Where I was at was, and I have a little different translation. I must have given you the wrong translation. Mine says, never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Here's where I'm wanting to go. Give thought to do. Here's, here's what we've got to start doing. We react and we go with our human instinct and we run to our flesh and we're not giving thought to how we re respond. We just immediately, we are a people in our culture, immediate gratification. We do not, I, I like it when I meet with Barb sometimes. Barb will say, I don't know, let me think on that. Let me think on that. I, I'm a thinker. We need to think and be sober first before we react. Can I please have an amen? It's like the guy in the foul on the basketball court. Instead of just puking, why not just shut your mouth? Righteous thought. Be slow to speak, but quick to. God's given you a two, one. Use this twice as much. It even goes on further in that passage. It says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself. What does that mean? Brother, never avenge yourself. What do you think that means? What is revenge? Payback. He found me, I'm going to foul you. Never avenge yourself. And then it goes on further and it says, on the contrary, bucket two, <laughs> on the contrary. Everybody say, on the contrary. <laughs> bucket two, instead of pay evil for evil, instead of this, 
On the contrary, it says, God is the one who seeks vengeance. If you've been unjustly treated, guess whose responsibility is to fix it? He's got my back. Now, I realize the scripture says that if your brother offends you, go to them in a spirit of gentleness. And tell them what they've done to you. And if they listen to you, that then you have won your brother over. And what I've seen when Pope people go to each other, it's this way. In a spirit of gentleness. Oh, hey, sweet buddy. How you doing? No, it's like this. Daggers in the eyes. You've been doing this to me, and I've had it up here with you. <laughs> I've seen wives punish their husbands. Oh, gosh. I've seen wives just <laughs> avoid their husband for two weeks. <laughs> you just don't care. You don't care the dishes need to be done. You, don't care. you just come in and you just do your own thing. You don't even care about me. That's just picking a fight. That's still the flesh bucket. We are well acquainted with the flesh bucket, right? I got to keep this thing moving. I told somebody if they wanted to eat lunch afterward, I'd be, I don't know, depending on how long I went. It's been, it's been three months. Give me a break. <laughs> Well, Tom's message several weeks ago, he talked about the enemies of the heart and that you have a choice to love. And he talked about anger. And he talked about how anger is this bucket and forgiveness is this bucket. Do you remember that? And that if you have anger in your heart, it's ultimately because you didn't get your way and your flesh is wanting its way. And forgiveness is, I don't care if I get my way. I'm going to release them and love them and I'm going to forgive them. And God, you will get me my way. You will get what is right for me. Amen. But people don't live by those rules. People live by these rules. Hmm. I hope that's sinking in with you. Because I could also say, well, jealousy is this bucket. Why is he getting to do that? Why is he up front? Why is he getting to preach? Why is he getting to do that? How's come he got the promotion? Jealousy is this. We had a prophetic word several months ago, or almost a year ago. Larry had it whenever he was in the hospital. There was a spirit of jealousy in here. Guess which bucket? Instead of being jealous, celebrate. Celebrate with other people's blessings. Celebrate. That's the spirit. That's love. Jealousy, love. Jealousy, love. Anger, forgiveness. Am I making any sense today? Pretty elementary truth, isn't it? But, you know, the reason I'm preaching elementary truth is because we're not getting the elementary truth. If I get frustrated with somebody, that's that. Patience is over here. Which bucket am I going to draw from? Which reservoir inside of me? This part of me has died. 
I have been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. And we are drawing from the flesh, the DNA of our flesh, and still living under the law by that instead of living here. I'm going to wear that bucket out. You might like my buckets? Kind of gives you an object lesson, huh? So when I want to be selfish to my wife and not help or do these things, guess which bucket? But if I want to lay my life down for others and give and serve, I come to that bucket. So my question is, is what bucket do you tap into the most? Well, let me know how your relationships are. If no one wants to be around you, you're probably in this bucket a lot. And I, if I'm going to grow in my love, I need to move my bucket over to your bucket. And I need to start loving you even though you're difficult. Golly, Gomer. (laughs) Sergeant Carter. But what I'm doing is I keep distancing myself from you and distancing myself from you and distancing myself to you because you're really difficult to love. Now, I've had some really good things happen the last three weeks with some people. I have one where a guy didn't even go here, and I was discipling him on this very issue. And he actually told me the other day when I met with him, I've actually made a change, Eric, and I'm actually going towards this person. And I'm actually trying, (laughs) trying to walk in love. But just the fact that he had changed his will, and he made a choice instead of avoid the person to actually go towards the person, was an accomplishment. Because now he has to figure out what does love look like now with that relationship. So what bucket are you drawing from? Here's what I want to do. How are you doing at maturing in your love? I asked that when we first got started. Today, I said I wanted to engage your will. What choices will you make today to make a choice to grow in love? To grow in the spirit? Is that your desire and your choice? Is that the power of your Well, now, I want you to write down four things that you need to do. This is the practical application of the message, what you need to do in order to begin to walk in the Spirit, walk in love rather than walk in the flesh. You guys ready for this? If you got your pen ready, you need to, number one, you need to not run from difficult people. But you need to run to the difficult people in your life. I know a gentleman in my life who hasn't seen his natural mother for over a year now because it's just too painful. Now, I'm not talking about going into an abusive situation, but I'm talking about you going into a relationship and moving towards somebody instead of away from somebody. Can I have amen on that? That's step one. Step two is you've got to engage your will. You have got to make a choice not to pull from the flesh bucket. but to pull from this bucket. How do we do that? David Dale, how did you pull from, how did you not pull from the flesh bucket this week? Got any good examples for me, buddy? It was a rough week, wasn't it? 
I'm not pointing you out, but I am. We talked about it. It's really difficult. How's come you're so red? Is it not difficult to draw from the spirit bucket? Very hard, isn't it? Sean, is it hard to draw from the spirit bucket instead of the flesh bucket? At work, when things aren't going well and you got a coworker and you want to put that where the sun don't shine, boy. And we're talking about tough stuff. I can't do it without Christ. But part of the battle is just acknowledging it's there first. It's like, wow, that really opens my eyes. I'm in this place all the time. That's why we're not growing up. So you've got to engage your will and you have to make a choice. Which bucket are you going to draw? Or am I going to go on human instinct? Am I going to go to human instinct all the time and flow, fly off the handle? Or am I going to draw from what is really inside of me? What's really inside of you? Power. What is inside of you? The love of Christ. What is inside you? There is glory inside of you. You are amazing people. And we've got to start drawing from that reservoir, that bucket that the, of the real you. If I'm going to see you supernatural, that's what I've got to start. I've got to start pulling that out of you. I've got to start saying to people, no, that's not who you are. When I talk to my daughter and my daughter's acting like a real, oh, thank God she's not here. <laughs> I'd get in so trouble. <laughs> and, she sat, and she's just mouthing off to Abraham. Just be, it's like, ooh, I said, sweetheart, that's not who you are. That is, the way you're treating your brother, that is not who you are. You are better than that. You are better than that. I'm trying to draw from the reservoir of Christ inside of her. It's like, no, that's not who you are, sweetheart. That's what we've got to start doing for each other. Oh, no, when somebody gets sideways with you, you go, dude, I love you. I know that's not you. Man, the real you's this. I'm going to show you you're here, but no, this is the real you. Is this making any sense, guys? Is it helping in any way? Number three, don't react with your anger, your jealousy, your pride, your fear, your frustration. Stop and ask God, what does love look like in this situation? And here in the last three weeks, I have been sitting down with people and telling them, let's get into the word of God. What does love look like? You guys have got to do me a favor. You've got to start doing your homework. You have got to memorize 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 7. Can anybody help me quote it? Love is, love is, love is not self, it's not self-seeking. Yeah, different translations say it a little differently. It's okay. Find the one that meets the most is best for you. You know, you, when, when, when somebody gets sideways with me, the first thing that I do is I go, what would Jesus do? The first thing I do when somebody's mad at me, how would Jesus respond? What does love look like? That's the very first thing that's coming in my mind. I am being conformed to the very image of Christ, are we not? And I say, what does love look like? Love is patient. It's kind. It's not self-seeking. It's not rude. It's not, it keeps no record of wrong. You know, but I want to pull from the reservoir of how many times they've hurt me, and I want to bring it up and say, yeah, here we go again. And I already conditioned myself for failure. So you've got to not react. 
and you've got to ask the Lord, what does love look like? So memorize 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, and memorize Galatians 5, 22. You guys got those written down? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Number four, make a choice to crucify your flesh and love. Don't follow human instinct. And I'll even add another one. Put number five. I said four, we're going to add five. If you're so emotionally jacked, get help. If you're so emotionally jacked and you're ready to take a gun to somebody's head, you better get help. Because you're probably not going to figure out 1 Corinthians 13 if you're that emotionally jacked. And I say, get some theophostics, get some, get some healing, get some emotional help. Get a friend, get a, you know, a connect group leader, get Tom, get me, get Tom, and then get Tom, or get Tom, and then get Tom. <laughs> you know, go where you can get help. And if that doesn't work, go to Tom. And if I haven't told you yet, have you gone to Tom yet lately? Come to me. I am not that busy. I, we will work it in, but I will determine if I'm too busy, okay? Not you, okay? If, I can, we will, we, if you need help because you're so emotionally jacked. But ultimately, who do we need to get help from? Because I'm not going to give you the answers. I'm going to lead you to this. I'm going to lead you to the author and the finisher of your faith, Jesus. I'm going to lead you to the Word of God. We're going to go over 1 Corinthians 13, and we're going to say, what does love look like in this situation? Well, it looks like to me a shotgun. No, you might be hearing from the enemy. Well, I need to bring justice. They can't do wrong to me. They should not do that. Well, then I will take you back to Galatians, and I will say, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So how are we going to give this, that you want to bring justice out of your own strength, how are we going to give that justice to the Lord now? We're going to apply the word of God, and we're going to see what love looks like. That's where I'll lead you. I won't tell you what to do. I will ask you. Can I have an amen on that? Because if you don't start discovering what we're supposed to do in these situations, we'll still stay in that flesh bucket. So, are you guys with me? I am winding down. We're going to show another video, okay? And in this video, you're going to find out that you have to go against your human instinct. You have to go against what is natural, and you have to go to the Spirit. And I think this video shows it pretty good, and we will pray. All right, this is another good one. How may I prove my love to you? How? Do you ask in earnest? Yes. If you would prove your love, right. you should do your worst. My worst? What do you mean? Instead of winning to honor me with your high reputation, I want you to act against your normal character and do badly. Do badly. Lose. No, losing proves nothing, except that I'm a loser. Wrong. Losing is a much keener test of your love. Oh. Losing would contradict your self-love, and losing would show your obedience to your lover and not to yourself. Really? Shh, woman. Do not shh me and spare him. Now be gone. Go! 
What is your answer? I will not lose. Then you do not love me. The protector of Italian virginity! The lance that thrilled France! The harasser of Parasa! He gave them hell at La Rochelle! The enforcer of our Lord God! The one! The only! Sir His flanks. Maybe where he comes from, it means love. What are you doing? Losing. I don't understand. Oh, neither do I. <laughs> Sometimes when you don't go with your basic instincts and you choose to lose or you choose to be humble or you choose to love, it goes to against the very, very nature of your selfishness. It goes against the very everything on the inside of you sometimes. Sometimes you want to speak up. Sometimes you want justice. Sometimes you, it's not right what they're doing. Sometimes to prove your love, you have to swallow your pride. You have to swallow your flesh and do the very opposite of what you want to do. Would you stand with me? Today I'm going to ask you what bucket are you going to start drawing from? The power of choosing your own actions. I had someone tell me this week that their wife was on them and just chewing on them. And I said, well, how did you love her back? I did this and I did that. I said, so you're telling me that you could not control your own love because of the way she was responding to you. You lost all control of yourself. Yeah, I did. And I lashed back and I did this. And it got ugly and it got heated. And it... I said, uh, How's that working for you? It's not. 
We're at each other's throats all the time. So, well, you're going to have to find a, a way to quit going to this bucket. And you're going to have to find a way to make a powerful choice to choose to walk in love and to walk in the spirit rather than your flesh. Or it will destroy your marriage. Humility came over him. Repentance fell on him. Tears began to roll down his eyes. Because he wanted to love his wife differently. He didn't want to react anymore. He didn't want to respond to her anger and her bitterness, her rejection. Holy Spirit, will you deal with all of our hearts right now? Some of you have been drawing from the wrong bucket for a long time. And you're always angry and you're always jacked up emotionally. Your relationships are strained because you have not drawn from the bucket of life, the bucket of love. And the Spirit of God is asking you right now, this moment, what are you going to do? What are you going to do to change you? I feel it in the air. I feel the Spirit of God moving on your hearts. going to do? Are you going to allow your relationships to be destroyed? I know these altars should be full of people repenting. I know the Spirit of God is convicting you. Are you going to continue to avoid the relationships? The very ones that God is trying to teach you with on how to love well. Are you going to continue to entertain thoughts of leaving this church or another church? Just to get away from the pain. Are you going to go to it? Holy Spirit, will you please convict us? But Lord, move us. Change us. You know, the Lord changed my message from friendship to this because we'll never do friendship well if we don't quit walking in the flesh. What I'm going to do is I'm going to turn the music up 
And I'm going to dismiss service. But if you need to do business with God, if there's some things you need to repent and let go of, maybe there's some bitterness and rage and unforgiveness inside your heart. Maybe you need to go to someone and tell them you love them. If you come to the altar and kneel, we will leave you alone. If you come over here to the left, our altar ministry team would be glad to pray with you. But I'm asking you, please don't leave without doing business with the Spirit of God. Because we've been drawing from this bucket way too long. Amen? And if you feel clear in your heart and you don't feel like the Spirit of God's dealing with you, I can just release you right now in the name of Jesus. Just take your conversation out in the lobby. But this is going to be the end of our service. But I pray that you will do business with God. Thank you and God bless you in Jesus' name.